Amen. All right, well, we're there in Matthew chapter number 23. And in this chapter, there is a theme that um, Jesus kind of goes into a lot. And I, I actually just want to preach out of one verse in this chapter. But before we do that, let me just kind of lay a little bit of foundation about the chapter itself. If you look at verse 5, it says this, But all their works, this is Jesus speaking about the Pharisees. He says, But all their works they do uh, to be seen of men. If there's any, any way that I can get a uh, bottle of water, guys, I'm sorry. I think somebody took mine or Oliver took mine. I'm not sure. But all their works they do to be seen of men. And that's really the theme of this chapter, that Jesus is exposing the Pharisees and saying that what they do, they do for this motive, to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. And love the uppermost rooms at the feast and the chief seats in the synagogue, the greetings in the markets, and to be called of man, Rabbi, Rabbi. Now, we're going to be in Matthew 23 tonight, but go with me to the book of Luke just real quickly. Luke chapter number 20. We find a parallel in the book of Luke. you got Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 20, and look at verse number 46. While you turn there, let me read to you a very famous verse from the life of David, 1 Samuel 16. The Bible says this, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Remember when Samuel's going to choose the next king to replace Saul, and uh, he, he goes to the house of uh, David, and he sees his brothers of David, and the Bible says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord, now I want you to notice this, because we're talking about matters of the heart. And we're finishing our series tonight of the matters of the heart. And the Bible says this, For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And what Jesus is talking about there in Matthew 23, and you're there in Luke, and what the Pharisees are a great example of is of us doing things, religious people doing religious works, for the fact that man seeth on the outward appearance. Uh, you're there in Luke chapter 20, look at verse 46. The Bible says this, Beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes. Again, they're wearing fancy clothing, to be religious garments, to be seen of men. Whenever I read that, I think of the, the, the priest, you know, the Catholic priest and the different Orthodox types priests that they, they, they desire to walk in long robes and love greetings. Not that they love greetings, but they love greetings in the markets, in a, in a place of, uh, in a public place, a place where they can be seen. And the highest seats in the synagogue, they want to be uh, uh, seen. You know, they want to, whenever I read that, I think of most Baptist churches, uh, they're, they're doing away with it now, but when I was growing up in most Baptist churches, you had certain people sitting on the platform. You had the staff, you know, the youth pastor, whatever, sitting on the platform. I always think of the highest seats in the synagogue. And the chief rooms at feast, which devour widows' houses, and for notice, notice these words, and for a show, for 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 something that can be seen, for a show, make long prayers. It's not that they're spending a sweet hour of prayer in in, in a private way in a prayer closet somewhere, but for a show, make long prayers. The same shall receive uh, greater uh, damnation. Now, we're talking about this idea of your heart, and we, we're, we're looking at this idea that man looketh on the outward appearance, uh, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And I want to teach you tonight 
And I said this this morning, and I, and I believe it. If you can get this right, if you can get your mind wrapped around this, you will get Christianity. You will get the, the, the point and the purpose of being a follower of Christ. Everything will line up if you can get this in your life. And I want to talk to you about how to reveal and how to examine your own heart. And I want to use the Pharisees here as an example because Jesus is talking about their outward appearance shows one thing while their heart shows another. Go to Matthew 23 and look at verse number 23. We're going we're gonna to really dissect verse 23 uh, tonight. And I want to show you several things from this verse. And of course, we're going to look at a lot of passages. But let's start in Matthew 23 and verse 23. Matthew 23 and verse 23 says this, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. And he says this, For ye pay tithe. Now he's talking about the things they do. He says, Ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. Those are referring to tithing. uh, He's saying you pay tithe off of herbs. Now you say, well, what, what does that mean? Here's what he's saying. You are so strict in your outward doings. You are so strict in the things that you do. He says, if someone gives you, if someone gifts you, if, some, if somehow you come across and someone gives you mint or anise or, or cumin, someone gives you an herb, you will sit there and figure out what 10% of that is and maybe the value of that and you'll, you'll tithe that. Now, oftentimes people will go to these verses and they'll, they'll act like if tithing is a negative thing. But I want you to notice in this passage, just, and I'm not preaching about tithing, but I do want you to understand this. Jesus is not uh, negative on what they're doing. Jesus is totally fine with what they're doing. What he's upset about is what they're not doing. Because notice what he says. Won't to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin. He said, that's not the problem. He said, the problem is you pay tithe and have omitted. The word omitted means you, you are not doing the weightier matters of the law. You say, what are the weightier matters of the law? Judgment, mercy, and faith. Now notice what he says, these ought ye to have done. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm glad that you tithe off the mint and anise and cumin. He said, in fact, that's what you should have done. Because people will often, especially those who, you know, today you've got the home church movement that's against pastors, against church buildings, against tithing. And they'll say, you know, in the Bible, in the New Testament, we're never told to tithe. Here's what's funny. Jesus is not rebuking them for tithing off of mint, anise, and cumin. In fact, he's... That's the one thing he's applauding them on. He says, he says, these ought ye to have done. He said, I'm glad you did those things. So by the way, you know, if Jesus is talking about tithing and we're not supposed to sign the New Testament, why is he putting a stamp of approval on what they're doing? He's saying, I'm glad you did that. But he says, what I'm upset about those is not, those, not what you did, but is what you did not do. He said, these ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. He said, I'm glad you tied off the mint and the anise and the cumin. But what I'm bothered about is the fact that you have omitted the weightier matters of the law. He said, what are those? Judgment, mercy, and faith. He said, you're not doing. He said, I'm not upset about what you are doing. And please understand, that's the point of this fact. I'm not upset about what you are doing. I'm glad you're tithing. 
And by the way, I think that's how we ought to be. We ought to be so faithful in all our giving that we would say, look, anytime that I'm blessed with anything, I'm going to return 10% of that back to God. He said, I'm glad you're doing that, but I'm upset, Jesus would say, I'm upset that you are omitting the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. See, he's telling the scribes about what they're doing wrong. And he's teaching them about the fact that they're, uh, that they're not doing, that they are omitting certain things. Jesus is not telling them that they should not tithe. He's telling them, I'm glad you're tithing, but he's telling them there are some other things that you should have done. Now, let, let's just dissect this verse a little bit, because I want you to understand several things. So first of all, he was not against what they were doing. He was against what they were not doing, all right? That's just what the verse is about. But let's look at the interpretation. What, what is it that Jesus is trying to teach here? And here's what I want you to understand. And if you're taking notes, maybe you can write these statements down. In fact, if I were you, I'd write them down somewhere near Matthew 23 and verse 23. Because there's three things you need to understand about this verse. The first one is this. There are some parts of the law that are more important than other parts. Notice what he says. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. Now, is tithing part of the law? Absolutely. Is he rebuking them for doing that? No. But he says, and have omitted, notice this, these words, the weightier matters of the law. He said, there are some parts of the law that are more important. There are some parts of the law that are weightier. There, here's what he's saying, and please understand this. He's saying there are, there are some things that the law tells you to do that are more important than tithing. Now, look, tithing is important. He said, these ought ye to have done, but not to leave the other undone. So what do we learn from this verse? Here's what we learn. There are some parts of the law that are more important than other parts. But you know, there's another thing we learn from this verse. Not only do we learn that there are some parts of the law that are more important than other parts, but we also learn that there are some parts of the law that are more difficult to keep than other parts. Because notice what he says. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. And then notice these three words. And have omitted. And have omitted. He said, you tithe. He said, in fact, you tithe so strictly that you even weighed out the herbs and figured out the cost of those herbs and you figured out what 10% of that would be and you returned that to God. He said, I'm glad you did that. But he said, you have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done. Notice, but here's the problem. He said, and not to leave the other undone. Here's what he's saying. You actually did the parts of the law. He said, not only did you ignore the parts of the law that were more important, but he said, the reason you ignored those parts of the law is because those parts of the law are more difficult. And here's what I want you to understand. When it comes to the laws of God, there are two parts of the laws of God. There are the laws of God that deal with our outward actions. The Bible talks a lot about the things that we should do and the things that we should not do. That thou shalt not and that thou shalt. We are told to tithe. We are told to do certain things, to not do certain things. But here's what you need to understand. There is another aspect of the law, like judgment and faith and love and mercy. There's another part of the law that does not deal with our outward actions, but it deals with our inward condition. It deals with not the things we do, but the things we think. The way we think about people. The way we feel towards others. And here's what Jesus is teaching. Not only are the inward condition parts of the law more important than the outward action parts of the law. He says the inward condition parts of the law are more difficult than the outward. Do you understand that it is easier to put money in the offering plate 
than to have proper mercy and love and judgment in your heart. I mean, it's easier to go get a haircut because God says that men ought to have short hair. Or it's easier to allow your hair to grow out because God says that women ought to have long hair and men should have short hair. It's easier, ladies, to put on a skirt. It's easier, men, to put on a tie. I'm not, I'm not against any of that. I think all of that is great. But here's what you need to understand. And here's what he's teaching. The outward action, the action laws like tithing or soul winning or church attendance, those are actually easier. Those are easier to accomplish in your life than the inward condition parts of the law like like judgment and mercy and faith. Not only are those more difficult, but they are also more important. There's a third thing we can learn. There are some parts of the law, if you'd like to write this statement now, there are some parts of the law that are more revealing than other parts of the law. There are some parts of the law that are more revealing than other parts of the law. Look at our verse again. Matthew 23, verse 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Notice this word. Hypocrites. He said, you're a hypocrite. What's a hypocrite? Someone who shows one thing on the outside that's different than what's on the inside. He says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, uh, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He said, why are they hypocrites? For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, now, listen to me very carefully, and, and this is what I don't think, I don't think many Christians understand this concept, and I want you to get this. He's saying there are action parts of the law that you can do. There are things that you can do outwardly, but those things do not reveal your heart, because you can tithe and be a hypocrite. You can dress right and be a hypocrite. You can be faithful to the church services and be a hypocrite. And please don't misunderstand me. All those things are important. I think we ought to do those things. Those are laws that God has given us. But he says, look, when it comes to revealing your heart, don't look. Don't look on the outward action laws because you can do those and have ulterior motives. You said, what reveals your heart? What reveals your heart is how you deal with the laws of the inward condition. Judgment, mercy, and faith. Here's what Jesus is saying. If you do judgment and mercy faith right, he said, you can't fake that. That reveals your heart. That reveals who you really are. But these outward action things, those things can be done and can be done hypocritically. Here's what I'm trying to get in. Here's what I understand. Here's the one. If you don't listen to anything, and we're going to look at a lot of passages here in a minute. In fact, keep your finger there in Matthew 23. Go to the book of James. James chapter number 5. If you start at the end of the New Testament, you head backwards from the book of Revelation. You got Jude, 3rd, 2nd, and 1st John, 2nd, and 1st Peter, and you got the book of James. When you get to James, put a ribbon or a bookmark or a bulletin or something there because we're going to leave it and we're going to come back to it. James chapter number 5. Going backwards, you got Revelation, Jude, 3rd, 2nd, and 1st John, 2nd, and 1st Peter, James. Here's what I want you to understand. If you don't get anything from the sermon, here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to go home with. What you do does not reveal your spiritual activity. Your, your, your spirituality. What you do does not reveal your spirituality. Spiritual activity does not reveal spirituality. Spiritual activity, the things we do on the outside, do not reveal spirituality. The Bible says, and Jesus is saying, here's what reveals spirituality. What reveals spirituality is how you do these three things. Judgment, mercy, and faith. So let's real quickly look at what that means. What will you do differently? 
What will you do differently when you are right on these three things? Judgment, mercy, and faith. Are you there in James chapter 5? James chapter 5? Spiritual activity does not reveal your spiritual condition. Spiritual activity does not reveal spirituality. James chapter 5, look at verse 8. I want you to notice what he says. Notice what he says. And you'll find a theme with all three of these things that he mentions. Notice what he says. James chapter 5. Let's see if we can figure out the theme that these three things, because he mentions these three things for a reason. Judgment, mercy, faith. James chapter 5, verse 8. Be ye also patient. James 5, 8. Establish your hearts. Notice what he says. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Didn't we just read that? Jesus is coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, maybe soon. He says, for the, Lord, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now notice what he says, in that context, in that context of be ye also patient, establish your hearts. Notice the reference to the heart. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. In that context, here's what he says, verse 9. Grudge not one against another. Brethren, lest ye be condemned, behold, notice our key word, the judge standeth before the door. See, here's what Jesus said. Ye have omitted the weightier matters of the law. So what are those, Jesus? Judgment, mercy, and faith. And then Jesus, and then the Bible teaches in James chapter 5, he teaches this. If you live your life with judgment in mind, if you live your life realizing that Jesus is coming again, that the Lord draweth nigh, and that when he comes back, he will come to judge the unbelievers at the great white throne, but the believers will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. If you live your life in the realization that I will be judged one day for the things that I've done in my body, whether they be good or bad, he says, here's what you will do. You will grudge not one against another. He said, you will treat each other right. And here's what I want you to understand. Spiritual activity does not reveal your spiritual condition. What you do does not reveal your spirituality, but listen to me very carefully. How you treat people does. Say, how do I know if I'm spiritual? You don't know that you're spiritual based on your church attendance. You don't know that you're spiritual based on your Bible reading. You don't know that you're spiritual based on your consistency to soul winning. None of those things reveal spirituality. Now, I will say to you that you cannot be spiritual without doing those things. But simply doing those things does not make you spiritual. Because if spiritual activity made us spiritual, then the Pharisees would be the most right with God people on earth. Say, well, how do you reveal spirituality? Here's how you reveal spirituality. Do you grudge against one another? One of the things I've noticed that we deal with a lot in church world, and I've been pastoring now for almost seven years, and I've seen this the entire time I've been in ministry. I talk to pastors, and they tell me the same thing. One of the biggest things that will affect the church is when people be, uh, begin to be contentious towards each other, when they argue with each other, when they are bitter towards each other, or maybe they won't. I've seen situations where someone is trying to move on and forgive some, or ask for forgiveness in a certain situation, and there's individuals that are just not willing to let things go. And listen to me very carefully. That reveals more of your spirituality than anything you do. The way you treat people, the way you look at people. Because here, I, I listen to people talk. And, and the problem with independent fundamental Baptists, especially our movement, is we put such a heavy emphasis on the things we do. And I think we ought to. I think we ought to look right. We ought to dress right. We ought to read the Bible. We ought to be faithful. We ought to go soul winning. But we put such a heavy emphasis on the things we do. I have people say to me, oh, I think so and so is so right with God. Oh, why do you think that? Well, you know, they just read their Bible so much. Now, look, I'm not down on reading your Bible. I think we ought to read our Bibles. 
I'm all for reading the Bible. I challenge our church family to read nine chapters a day every, every, uh, every January. And I encourage people to read all throughout the year. But listen to me, you can read your Bible and not be spiritual. Because simply reading the Bible does not equate spirituality in your heart when you hold a grudge towards another brother. When you're cynical or critical. So it's interesting that here we find that if you live with judgment in mind, if you live with judgment in mind, it will affect the way you treat others. He says, be also patient, establish your heart for the coming of the Lord. Draw nigh, grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the Lord. So here's what Jesus mentioned. Judgment was the second thing he mentioned. Mercy. Well, let's look at that. Go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, you're there in Matthew 23, so just a few pages over. Matthew chapter 9, look at verse 11. What did Jesus have to say about mercy? Or what does the Bible have to say about mercy? Matthew chapter 9, look at verse 11. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 11. Matthew 9 and 11 says this, And when the Pharisees saw it, what are the Pharisees known for? Outward expression, outward religiosity. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master... Notice, with publicans and sinners. They're talking about relationships. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. Notice what he says. I will have what? Mercy. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You know know what he's saying? He's saying, I will have mercy and not your tithe. Are you down on tithing? I'm not down on tithing. But there's something more important than tithing. I, I, I will have mercy and not your Bible reading. I will have mercy and not your soul winning. I will have mercy. You say, well, well I, I thought those things were things that we ought to do. We ought to do those things. But those things will not reveal your heart. But you know what reveals your heart? When you look down on someone. When you treat someone wrong. But go ye and learn what, meaneth, what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And here's what Jesus is saying. When you have mercy, when you have mercy, you will look at people that maybe you would normally in the flesh look down upon. People that maybe in the flesh you would say, well, I don't want to hang out with those people. I don't want to reach out to those people. I don't want to knock on those people's door. And I don't want to uh, uh, talk to those individuals. And here's what he's saying. You know, you if you had mercy, you would learn to treat people right. And look, I'm not telling you this is easy. From time to time, in the flesh, my wife and I were out soul winning just, uh, I think, two or three weeks ago. And I was, we knocked on the door, and we were in a really ghetto apartment complex. I mean, it was really bad. And we knocked on the, we knocked on the door, and this guy opens the door. And I'm not trying to be rude or mean or whatever, but just the, a huge whiff of, like, cat urine or something just, like, attacked me, you know, it just came from this house, and literally, I'm not joking, and I'm not the type of person that's just all, like, prim and proper, whatever. like, I, it made me, like, want to throw up, and this guy comes out, and I'm just praying, like, please don't want to talk to me, <laughs> you know, like, please, you know, but I'm just, like, hi, you know, I'm, like, <gasps> work from Verity Baptist Church, you know, and I ask him the question, I'm, like, do you know for sure if Dr. Dave, you're on your way to heaven, and he's, like, no, and I'm, like, would you like to know? <laughs> And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I got a DVD you can watch, you know? And here's the thing. I took like five steps back because I just literally, I felt like I was going to pass. And in my flesh, and listen, uh, confessing our false ones, in my flesh, I don't want to talk to him. In my flesh, I'm thinking, myself, how can you live like this? The guy wanted to hear the gospel. And Jesus said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. 
See, the, having compassion on that individual is more important to Jesus than me finishing my map. Than me saying, checking off a list somewhere, well, I was so winning today. How you treat people and how you think about people and how you love people is a weightier and more difficult part Amen. of the law. He says, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Notice the third thing. He said judgment. He said, he said mercy. Look, look at faith. Go back to the book of James if you kept your place there. Go back to James. James chapter 2. James chapter 2. James chapter 2, look at verse number 23. I'm sorry, James chapter 2, look at verse 1. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at the other reference already. There is no 23. James chapter 2, look at verse 1. James chapter 2 and verse 1. The Bible says this. My brethren, have not, notice these two words, the faith. You see those two words, the faith? Is that what Jesus said? The weighter matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Notice this, with respect of persons. Isn't it interesting how all three of these things are connected to how we treat people? He says, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then, are ye not then partial in yourselves? And become the, isn't this the other word, judges of evil thoughts? Now look, please understand. Obviously, we are, we, this is a church in 2017. Obviously, there are times from time to time that people come into our congregation here, and it's not that we are being respected of persons and we don't want to treat them nicely, but because of the way they're acting or whatever, we may have them sit next to an usher just for protection. We might want to make sure that they're not going into the restrooms with the children by themselves. We understand all that, and I'm not preaching against that. I think all of that is proper and right, and especially in a church like ours where family integrates, especially after, you know, the Orlando sermon going viral, I'm sure there'd be nothing more that Satan would want than some pervert to come in here and do something terrible. So we have cameras and we watch people. And here's what you need to understand. We love everyone and trust no one. That's our position. We, we, we don't, you say, you don't trust that one guy. No, I said, we don't trust anybody. I don't trust you. You know, and you shouldn't trust me. You don't know who, you know, uh, and, and here's the thing. So we do that, and our ushers have been trained to, you know, look out for things. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when someone walks in, and, they're, and what the Bible's talking about, someone's running, and they're not dressed the way you like, or they don't look, they don't fit the image, so you look down on them. Or even worse, someone else comes in, and they've got on all the right brands that you're impressed with, and they've got all the right uh, clothing, or the right vehicle, or whatever, and you're like, oh, look, you know, and you go greet that individual, or you go be nice to that person. Hey, that reveals more about your spirituality than anything else you do. Because spiritual activity does not reveal spirituality. How you treat people reveals spirituality. Having respect of persons. Look at verse 4. Are you not then partial in yourselves? And are become judges of, notice, evil thoughts? Hearken, my brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which hath promised to them that love him? I want you to notice that word love. Look down at verse 8. And if you fulfill the royal law, What's the royal law? Laws like 
judgment, mercy, faith. And the royal law is specifically talking about love thy neighbor as thyself. Notice what he says. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. See, here's what I want you to understand. Spiritual activity does not reveal spirituality. Spiritual activity does not reveal spirituality. How you treat people does. How you treat people does. Now, isn't, doesn't that go against our nature? Because isn't our nature to judge based on what we see? Go, go back to Matthew 23. Matthew 23. And I want you to understand a couple of things. In the Bible, the emphasis is always put on the inward, not the outward. The emphasis is always placed on the interior, not the exterior. Now, that's not to say that the exterior does not matter. In Matthew 23 and verse uh, number 25, I want you to notice what the Bible says. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, Matthew 23, verse 25. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye may clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within ye are full of extortion and excess. Look at verse number, um, I didn't write down that verse. Notice verse 26. Thou blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter. Notice this, don't miss this. That the outside of them may be clean also. See, the liberals want to take these verses and say, see, it doesn't matter. The outside doesn't matter. No, the inward is more important. The inward ought to be dealt with first. But look, if you are right on the inside, it'll come out on the outside. He says, he says, now blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. So please don't misunderstand me. It does matter how you dress, ladies. I know it's summer and it's getting hot, but it matters that you dress modestly. It matters that you dress right. It matters, you know, don't bring out the short shorts and the miniskirts and the tank tops. Well, it's summertime. No, no. You make sure you dress modestly. It, it matters where you go. It matters what you look at. It matters the testimony you have outward, the, 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 what people see on the outside. That stuff does matter. I'm not minimizing that at all. The things we do do matter. But what matters more, what's more important is the inside. Your inside. He says cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter that the outside of them may be clean also. He said, but you're a hypocrite when you clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within are full of extortion and excess. He says, you're a hypocrite when you look right on the outside, when you do everything right on the outside, but on the inside, you're treating your brethren wrong. You're cynical. You're critical. You're judgmental. I know independent form Baptists don't like to preach on these things. And I know whenever I preach on these things, somebody labels me as being a liberal. But look, this is what the Bible says. The emphasis is put on, the, on within, not on the outside. You don't have to turn, turn here, but go. You, you go to Galatians chapter 6. Go to Galatians. In Romans 7, verse 22, the Bible says this, right? Delight in the law of God after the inward man. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16, it says, For which cause we faint not, but though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The emphasis in Scripture is always on the inward man. 1 Peter 3, 4 says, but, if, but, it, but let it be, this is talking about women, but it says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, a great price. The outside does matter, but you know what's more important is the inside. Why? Because the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. See, spiritual activity, are you there in Galatians 6? Spiritual activity does not reveal spirituality. How you treat people 
does. And what's interesting is it's highlighted in Scripture. Are you there in Galatians 6? In Galatians 6, we have the Apostle Paul giving instructions about how to deal with those who have sinned within the church. Now, I want you, what he, I want you to notice what he says. Galatians 6.1. He says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... He said, if a man is overtaken in a fault and you have to discipline that man, you have to, you know, deal with it. Maybe you have to kick him out of church or whatever. He says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, notice what he says. Ye which are spiritual. He says, ye which are spiritual. He says, I, I, I don't need a, a novice. I don't need a baby Christian. I don't need someone that's new at this. He says, ye which are spiritual. Notice what he says. Restore such an one. In the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. See, you know what spiritual people do? Spiritual people will look at a situation where maybe someone is fornicating or someone is uh, in, in a sin that they, has to be dealt with. Then a spiritual person will say, hey, look, we're not against you. We're not mad at you. Here's what the Bible says. You understand that? If you, we're going to have to kick you out of church. We're going to have to remove you. If you want to get that right, we're happy to have you back. If you want to repent and get that correct, we'd love to have you back. But you know what non-spiritual people do? They make that person an enemy. You know what non-spiritual people do? You know what carnal people do? They become critical. Oh, well, I always knew that they were. Oh, well, I knew that so-and-so. You know what you're revealing when you are critical towards someone that is in sin, when you're judgmental towards someone that is in sin? Here's all you're revealing. You're not spiritual. Because spiritual, you say, well, I go soul winning a lot. That doesn't make you spiritual. I read my Bible a lot. That doesn't make you spiritual. I'm Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That doesn't make you spiritual. Spiritual activity does not reveal spirituality. How you treat people does. And he says, hey, if a man be overtaken a fault, ye which are spiritual. Notice he didn't say, ye which are consistent to church. I'm not minimizing that. I think that's important. Notice he didn't say, ye which read nine chapters a day. Notice what I say, ye which go soul winning a lot. No, he says, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one. Why, why do you want someone who's spiritual, God? Because they'll do it in the right spirit, in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Do you know what spiritual people do? Spiritual people take heed lest I fall. Spiritual people realize that we, we can all sin, we can all mess up, we all need mercy and judgment and love. And faith. What you do does not reveal spirituality. How you treat people does. And didn't Jesus teach this? Go to John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter number 13. John chapter number 13. Say, Pastor, why are you, why are you preaching this? Here's why I'm preaching this. Some of you are bitter. You're bitter at other people in our church. You're bitter at your own spouse. You're bitter at your parents. You're bitter at whatever. And here's what I know. If I can get you to become so spiritual that you're willing to forgive, you're willing to let things go, you're willing to quit. Some of you are judgmental. Some of you are critical. I have learned over the last seven years of ministry, there are certain people, you, you, we, my wife and I have gone to the point where we can just, you know, pick them out so easily. Now, there are certain people that it doesn't matter what you do, the pastor and the pastor's wife are always wrong. They never do enough. It's never like, no matter what you do, there's always a complaint. There's always a critical attitude 
towards, towards them. You say, and here's what I need you to understand. If I can get our church people to grow spiritually to the place where they would say, I'm not going to be judgmental. I will judge and not be judgmental. I will contend and not be contentious. Do you understand the difference? See, we're like, well, I'm supposed to earnestly contend for the faith. Yes, we are supposed to earnestly contend, but we're not supposed to be contentious. In fact, Paul said that if you're contentious, you did not learn this from Christ. See, we're supposed to judge righteous judgment, but we're not supposed to be judgmental. And here's what I've learned. If I can get people to put away bitterness, malice, wrath, if I can get you to do the hard parts, showing up to Sunday night is not going to be hard. Showing up to Wednesday night is not going to be difficult. Getting you to tithe off the herbs, that's easy. Getting you to show up for soul winning, we can do that. Getting you to read your Bible every day, no problem. Getting you to pray every day, no problem. If you can quit being cynical and critical and judgmental, if you can deal with the hard stuff, that outward stuff, we can get you the haircut. We can take you out thrift clothes shopping and get you modest clothing. All of that stuff simple. See, if you take care of the inward, the outward will follow. Is that not what Christ said? If you take care of the inward, the outside will take care of itself. John 13, look at verse 35. Notice what Jesus said. By this, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Jesus said, this is how people will know. This is how people will know that you are a fully committed follower, disciple of Christ. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you go soul winning every week. Is that what he said? I think you ought to go soul winning every week. If you read the Bible a lot, I mean more than most people, isn't that carnal? For we dare not make ourselves of the number. Is that what Paul said? Or compare ourselves amongst them, you know, that measure ourselves against them that compare themselves? He said that, that's a carnal thing to do. Notice what he says. But this shall all men, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you show up to Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Is that what he said? No, here's what he said. If you have love one to another. Because spiritual activity does not reveal spirituality. How you treat people does. And Jesus said, if you love, if you show mercy and faith, if you grudge not against your brother, if you have mercy towards those that maybe in your flesh you wouldn't normally want to do that, if you show love and kindness, if you learn to love your neighbor as yourself, he says, if you learn how to deal with the weightier matters of the law, that other stuff, no problem. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. We'll finish up right here. 1 Corinthians. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. Go to Luke chapter 11, and then we'll go to 1 Corinthians 13. Luke chapter 11, 1 Corinthians 13. In Luke 11, we find the, the, the parallel to Matthew 23. And here's what it comes down to. Luke 11, verse 42. Luke 11, verse 42. And I realize... That this sermon is not going to make me go viral on YouTube. I get that. I realize, you know, because everyone's like, well, why don't you preach against the Sodomites? Because um, none of them are here. And I'll preach against the I mean, hopefully none of them are here, right? <laughs> and I'll preach against the Sodomites. But, you know, there's weightier matters of the law. There's some things that God wants us to deal with that are more important in your Christian life and in my Christian life. Luke eleven forty two. 42, but woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over. Notice these words. Judgment. Notice this. And the love of God. Remember when Jesus was asked, 
what is the greatest commandment? He said, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind. And then he said, the second is like unto it. What was it? To love your neighbor as yourself. See, these are the most important. These are the weightier. And look, you say, well, I'm so faithful to church, and I do this, and I do that, and I've got this whole checklist of all these spiritual things that I do. But you're critical and judgmental. You're cynical and you're mean. You're not graceful in your speech. You're rude to people. Doesn't the Bible say, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth? But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers? Well, I'm so fundamental, that's just how I talk. Quit fooling yourself. Spiritual activity does not reveal spirituality. How you treat people does. It's about judgment and the love of God. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the love chapter, isn't it? Our King James Bible uses the word charity. In the other modern Bible versions, the word charity has been changed to love. Now, here's what you need to understand. The Greek word that's translated charity is translated love in other places in our King James Bible. But I believe that the King James translators were correct in using the word charity because 1 Corinthians 13 doesn't necessarily have to do with love as much as it has to do with how love causes us to treat others. And here's what I want you to understand. Because the first thing on the list was judgment, right? We should all be motivated by judgment. I'm motivated by judgment. Hey, Paul said to run that ye may obtain. I want to get to heaven and, and get rewarded. I want to get to heaven and get some crowns. I want to get to heaven. I want that soul winner's crown. And I, I hope I get the pastor's crown for being a good pastor. And I, I hope that I get, you know, we get those, those different crowns and rewards that God has for us. We should be motivated by the fact that judgment is coming. But listen to me very carefully. What if you get to heaven? Because remember, there's two parts of the law. There's the outward actions, the parts of the law that deal with our outward action. And then there's the parts of the law that deal with our inward condition. You've got tithing and church attendance and soul winning and Bible reading. And then you've got judgment and mercy and love and faith. What if you get to the judgment seat of Christ and more of your rewards are based on the weightier matters of the law than on the not so weightier matters of the law? What if you get to the judgment seat of Christ and most of your rewards are based on how you treated people, judgment, love, and mercy? And there are some rewards, but not as many for the spiritual activity that you did. You dressed right, you looked right, you said all the right things. What if you get to the, what if you get to the end of your life and you stand before Christ and you think, man, I got so many rewards. I mean, I read the Bible so much and I memorized so much and I went to the church so much and I went soul winning so much and I had so much activity. And I'm for all of that. But God says, eh, you know, your heart wasn't right. Are you there in 1 Corinthians 13? Notice what the Apostle Paul said. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So I've got the most eloquent soul winning plan. I, I mean, I just got it down. I know how to say it. I, I've got all the great illustrations. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, I can tell you everything about Daniel's 70th week. I can tell you everything about the book of Revelation. I can tell you all the problems with dispensationalism and all the arguments against the pre-trip rapture. Hey, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, don't miss this, I am nothing. 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. You say, I, got, I did all the sacrifice. I mean, you should see all the sacrifices that I've done. And Jesus will say to you, I would have mercy and not sacrifice. So here's my question for you. How are you dealing? How are you dealing with the weightier matters of the law? I didn't ask about your church attendance. I didn't ask about your soul winning consistency. I didn't ask about how many chapters you're reading or how many verses you're memorizing. I think you ought to do all those things. I'm asking this. When it comes to how you treat people, when it comes to how you deal with people, how you look at people, how you consider people, how you talk to people, how you deal with them, how are you doing? Because judgment and mercy and faith will reveal more about your spirituality than any spiritual activity that we do. Because spiritual activity does not, spiritual activity does not reveal spirituality. How we treat people does. And you know what? That's harder. That's harder than getting a haircut or putting money in the offering plate or showing up to a meeting. And if you can get your heart right, if you can get your heart right, the rest, We'll follow. So how do you measure spirituality? Oh, I, I know this person, they're so spiritual. Why? Well, because they do all these things. Well, how do they treat people? How do they treat their wife? How do they treat their spouse? How do they treat their parents? How do they treat their friends? Do they hold grudges? Are they bitter? Are they critical, judgmental, cynical? Because all those things, all those things reveal more about your spirituality. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not thou on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Let's bow our heads in our word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord, starting with me, From time to time, we need to check our hearts. Because it's easy to get into routines of actions. It's easy to get into routines of work. It's easy to compare ourselves and measure ourselves amongst ourselves. And to say, well, I'm spiritual because I've done this and I've done that. But at the end of the day, the only ones who know our hearts are you and us. Lord, there may be a wife here tonight who's been holding something over her husband, unwilling to forgive, unwilling to let it go. He's gone it, right? He's repented, and she won't let it go. There may be a husband here who's just bitter towards his wife. Things that happened years ago. Just won't forget about it. Just won't allow them to live it down. There may be someone here who's bitter at someone else at our church. Bitter at a family member, a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker. Grudging against them. Maybe there's someone here who sort of respect their persons. They look at positions and they put more priority on that. Lord, wherever this lies, wherever this falls, Father, I pray that you'd help us to get our hearts right. Lord, I pray you'd help me to make sure that my heart is right. 
Help us always to remember that spiritual activity does not reveal our spirituality. But how we treat people does. And that's harder, but it's more important. It reveals more of who we are. Lord, I pray you'd help us to have a church that would have people that would love each other, that would sacrifice for each other, that would care for each other, that would practice charity in our relationships with one another. In your precious name I pray.